Welcome to the Mothers of Misfits podcast. Join me for conversations about how to advocate for our kids in a one-size-fits-all world. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Mothers of Misfits. Today, we are joined by Geli Asofsky. She is a child and family therapist, EMDR consultant, and registered play therapy supervisor who specializes in play therapy. Geli has been in practice for 20 years. She's a mom of two and one being a misfit kid. She's also a grandma of two and loves enjoying life to its fullest every day. Gelly, thank you for coming on. I'm so excited to be here. I love what you're doing. Oh, thank you. That means so much. And I love what you're doing. I mean, playing as a career just sounds like so much fun, although I know I'm oversimplifying it. But let's just dive right in because you say that play is the answer to lots of problems that we have in our homes. Yep. Can you tell us more about that? Absolutely. You know, I've been practicing for a long, long time. I spent 18 years working part-time in a clinic. So I had exposure to very many different types of families, cultures, socioeconomic standards, And then I'm in private practice part-time for about 10 years. And the past three years, it's been full-time. So I've just seen so much. And no matter what's going on in your family, if you sit down and play with your kids, life will be better because play is a child's first language. When a child is born, what do they know? They see the world through the experiences we create. And that's how they learn about the world. What do we do when we want to talk, when we go to therapy? We say, hi, I'm here because X, Y, and Z is going on. I need help. My spouse is, you know, driving me nuts. My kids are out of control, yada, yada, yada. What do kids do? They play. They don't naturally show up and say, so Gelly, here's what I want to tell you about what's going on in my life. They go to the playroom and they start playing. Oh, I love that. And I absolutely love that you talk about play being a child's first language. In the work that I do, I get to uncover, oftentimes for families about their kids, their child's most instinctive way of operating. And it's primal. It's built in. It's hardwired. They're born with that. And so it's really their truest form of themselves because when we're free to operate according to our instincts and play is instinctive, right? It's our first way of interacting with the world. It's pure. It's unviolated, if you will. And then language is something we learn. It's a skill we develop and it's an important thing. It's a different part of our brain. But I just love that you can see so much more about a child and maybe maybe adults if we could allow ourselves to be free like that again it it can tell you so much more so i'm really curious to hear from you when would a family know to engage someone like you what issues might they be having or observations they might see in their child that would make them think hmm i really think this is a good time to engage with a play therapist You know, anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation is really sadly a big issue with misfits. Absolutely. Um, 
divorces. I, I just, parents sadly don't realize how kids get stuck in the middle of two adults that are fighting. And it really causes a lot of pain, okay? Anger management, that's a real big one. Since COVID, anxiety is through the roof with kids. Bullying, mm. and then your car accidents, your medical issues, fires, sexual abuse, it's the gamut. But mm. if your child needs help, my message is that your kid is not always gonna come out and say, mom, therapist, I have a problem, help me. It's probably going to come out as depression or misbehavior, or anger, or attitude. And that's where I always see the parents first. Uh-huh. I need to know what's going on because without that information, you can only analyze a kid's play if you actually know the story behind it. If not, it can mean a million things. But a child who's struggling or going through something, play therapy is a real gift. Mm-hmm. Is there an age at which we cap it? Does someone age out of play therapy? Sure. So when we mention the word play, parents tend to think of 10 and younger. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm going to ask you as a mom, what do you think with play? You go. That's exactly where I went to. Maybe more elementary and younger, maybe nonverbal kiddos or toddlers. Right. So in the world of play therapy, different therapists specialize in different ages. So that's why I say I'm a child and family therapist, because if you come in at 10 years old and you don't want to play with a dollhouse or in the sanctuary, we can play games. I actually have a game in my office. It's called Chess for Dummies. I deliberately have not learned how to play chess well. (laughs) And the kids love it. Chess for Dummies. Gelly, you're a dummy, right? I'm a dummy at chess. You are Mm -hmm. 100% right. And I say, teach me. And that is a form of therapy because in the play, we're talking about lots of things and lots of values. We're talking about building Mm self-esteem. I see kids flipping the boards, whether it's Candyland, Chess, Connect Four, Uno, uh, they get upset. They didn't win because I can't always let them win because otherwise that's not helpful. We have to be reality-based. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I can't help it. Like with Connect Four, I'm a master. I've played it for 20 years now. (laughs) I can't help myself. I set up triple traps. I love it. Yeah. And that sounds akin to what happens in our household around game playing. I'm a pretty competitive person. Although, too funny, our oldest son was gifted the Chess for Dummies set for his birthday. And we actually, it's on our coffee table right now. We have nightly chess games. And he schools me. He's really good. But I I tend to win uh, some of the other games. So he, you know, it ends up kind of balancing itself out. But I love that healthy competition among family members. And as you're talking, I'm just thinking about this concept of play and spending time with our kids. And it's reminding me of something someone said to me or I've heard somewhere along the way that love is spelled T-I-M-E. Yes. And that's what I'm getting from this is just that reinforcement of 
you know, as a parent, we're, gosh, we're overwhelmed. As you said, if you're a misfit parent, you're super overwhelmed. We're questioning everything. We're not sure what to do next. But if all I need to do at the end of the day is spend time with my kids, I can do that. I don't have to know all this theory. I don't have to do all these five-step things. I don't, you know, I don't have to memorize something. And I'm just hearing from you, time. More time is always going to be better and have fun, laugh together. So let me say, let me just ask you this question because I can see you're ready to jump in on that. But what does playful parenting look like? Like in really practical terms. It's taking the time you have anyway with your children. So Mm -hmm. you're waking them up in the morning, you're getting to the breakfast table, you're on the carpool line, you're getting your kids to the bus, two minutes five minutes, 10 minutes, 10 seconds. You're interacting with your children anyway. Be playful. Being mindful of those opportunities really will enhance the play level in your family. My little grandson is very playful. And obviously my daughter was raised by me. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, she's using my playful parenting with the terrible twos. He doesn't want to get dressed. He runs away from her. So she called me. She says, mommy, I used the game I heard you talking about. I was like, do share. And she said, well, we made his pants um, the wheels of a car and his shirt is the car. So every morning he wants to put on his car and his wheels and he wants to beep the horn for the sleeves. So what is And I said, that's so creative, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The idea of taking something that could be a discipline issue and normal. I'm not even talking about misfit out of control. Mm -hmm. I'm really saying the everyday situations when you're with your kids. Drop out of your head. Stop being a military commander and instructing your kids to do stuff to get their homework done, to go eat dinner, get in the bath, get in the bed, become playful, play. We do the bunny hop, going to bed or going to the bath, right? It's it's gonna make your day go better because you'll feel calmer, right? Like your Mm -hmm. blood pressure goes down (laughs) when you're like, oh, okay. Versus your blood pressure going up and out through the roof because your kid's not listening. It's about redirecting and just going into play. I love that it's therapy for both you and your child. Yeah. Because you're right. It brings us down from a high level point, aggravated, frustrated, angry, and it forces us to be positive and creative and calm in that moment. And what a great example for our kids to approach challenges or frustrations with creativity and fantasy and fun. And we talk all the time on this podcast about leading by example. So I just, gosh, it sounds so simple, but yet so powerful. And I love that you bring up that example of when the two-year-old is having a fit. Cause I was thinking play sounds really easy when everybody's in a good mood, but what happens when things are falling off the rails? I mean, can you give us some examples? Like I'm thinking dinner time. Dinner time is a stress point in our house. Yeah. How can you make dinner time more playful? Okay. So I think one of the things is that you really want to think about what your child's into. 
Okay. So if your child's into cops and robbers, that's mm-hmm. the theme, right? Okay. If your kid's into a book series, like when my kids were young, uh, we loved Froggy Goes to Bed by Jonathan London. He has a ton of books. And we read that and read that until I thought I, I was going to go <laughs> crazy, right? Anybody yes. relate? Oh, I have so many books memorized. I think, uh, gosh, when I'm 90, yeah. I can recite Dr. Seuss books. Yes. Right. So Froggy <laughs> joined us at breakfast, lunch, and supper. And we did a lot of flopping as frogs throughout the house to get to do things we needed to do. You can also make food creative. So I had kid, my kids would set the table with me. We do the salad. You know, the chicken would become here. And the vegetables would become a smile and ears. And we'd just be eating as we were going about the process of playing. I love that. Oh, those are great little tidbits. We can all do little pieces of that and uh, have fun with that. We also love in our household, we have a deck of cards, not playing cards, but they're question cards. I know the adult version of this is called table topics. They might have a version for kids, but it's questions. So while you're eating your dinner, you know, if you had to go on a jungle safari, but could only pack three things, what would you take? And if, you know, you could only eat one meal forever now on, what would it be? And that's been fun too. I love that. I yeah. Really, I want that info. I really okay. like that. <laughs> well, I will, we'll see, uh, actually for everybody listening, we'll see if we can find something like that. And we'll put a link to it in the episode insiders newsletter, which I'm going to tell you a little bit more about in a minute. Okay. I have one last question for you, Gelly, And that is why do we lose our playfulness the older we get? Mm. That's a very powerful question. I'll try to bottle that in a minute of an answer. <laughs> I know. We probably needed to have an, our, our own separate episode on that. Yes. But why is it so hard for parents and adults to be playful when that was our first language, when we were that kid who did it so naturally? Sure, sure. So the quick answer is based on research, right? Um The research of working with trauma is all about understanding the negative beliefs that underpin and hook us into how we perceive the world, okay? Mm -hmm. So taking that information, when you're six years old or when, let's talk about being a two-year-old and you say something funny or silly and you feel shame, but everybody laughs. That's your first, we all have that story somewhere. Mm -hmm. Then you learn that about shame, right? Think about the kid who comes in, you know, not dressed appropriately, not going into details. Has that ever happened? Mm -hmm. And everybody goes, (laughs) right? And the kid knows he's doing something wrong. She's doing something wrong. And the adults are laughing, right? So a kid Mm -hmm. gets bullied. These messages say, I need to grow up. I need to hide. I need to disconnect. And so we start disconnecting from our natural playfulness. And I would sum all of that up as we get too cognitive. You know, our learned behaviors override our instincts and that sense of appropriateness or social risk and what we should do, what we're taught to do. And there, again, a whole other episode, we could have a conversation about that, how it really can, we create a box for ourselves. So thank you for reminding us today that play is actually our nature. 
Yeah. Uh, and um, growing out of it is a nurture factor. So one last thing, I want to let our audience know that you have an awesome offering for everyone listening today, and that's a free download of the five ways to keep your kids entertained without tech. Amen to that. And so we're going to put a link to where they can go and download that resource in our episode insiders newsletter. So if you don't know what that is, it's just the newsletter that we send out. We send it out once a week and we give you insider info on our guests. So we tell you a little bit more about Gelly and what she's up to and the cool things she's doing and how to get in touch with her. And then in these instances where they offer something awesome to us, we make sure you know about it and that you're the first to know about it. So Please sign up for that. If you are not already, go to mothersofmisfits.com and you'll see where to sign up right there. It's going to take you truly 30 seconds or less. I'm signing up. I didn't know that you had a newsletter like that, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. I'm so <laughs> glad you're signing up and you'll get to see all about you uh, when this comes out, which is which is kind of cool, right? Yeah. Um, Oh, well, thank you so much. And tell your friends. I mean, let others know uh, about this resource because- yeah. The coolest thing about this podcast, and selfishly, I love it for my, for me, is that we're building a community here, a community of listeners and moms and advocates and a community of experts. We have people that have come on and shared their expertise from all different backgrounds and perspectives and countries. And so, you know, this is a resource that all of us should be tapping into. And if nothing else, I'd kind of like a record of, you know, all the guests in my inbox. I think that'd be awesome. I can just go back to and remind myself who was on. And if we need the help, we can go straight to them. So, Gelly, this has been awesome. I'm so glad that we came on as strangers and now we part as friends, not only between yeah. us, but with everybody listening to this episode. You're amazing. Thanks for the work that you're doing and reminding us to add more play to our lives. Thank you. Happy kids, happy families. So true. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Mothers of Misfits podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. We also invite you to visit us at mothersofmisfits.com.